Hey, you. Yeah, you. Do you ever just feel really safe? So embarrassing, isn't it? Why not move into one of our state-of-the-art apartments with a hole punched in the wall? Seeing the fist-sized hole in the wall will make you feel on edge. Anything could happen. So don't make any mistakes. You'll be living with our in-house middle-aged bald man with anger issues. For legal reasons, we can't say whether or not he punched a hole in the wall. But all you know is your body went into a fight-or-flight response when he woke up and told you the next time you slammed the cupboards early in the morning it forced you to meet Jesus. So come on down to experience fear like no other in an apartment with a hole punched in the wall now. Hello, I'm Frankie and today you're tuned in to Meditations for the Anxious Mind. Today I'm joined by singer-songwriter Declan McKenna on the podcast. Thank you for joining me on this frequency. Namaste. So Declan, Declan McKenna, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, really geez. appreciate it. Thanks uh, for inviting me. Yeah, and uh, we were saying we were saying before the podcast there, that's an Irish name. I was curious, you said yeah. you have family down in Cork? Yeah, family in Cork, family in Cavan. It's basically... Um, my pa- my my mum's parents are both from Cork, and my dad has one one uh, his, his mum's from Cavan, and yeah. his dad was born in Cove, but then moved when he was really really young, moved moved over to the UK when he was like six months old or something. So like that. so if you start playing football, would you play for Ireland? Yeah. Uh yeah, I'd yeah, probably yeah. I'd probably have a better no, shot. No, 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 that's enough. That's, yeah, that's enough. You shot said now. yeah, 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 yeah. Good, we have a football here somewhere. Dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, yeah. So you're on tour at the moment. How long? How long have you been touring for? On this stretch. This stretch uh just started at the start of May, so it's basically all all through May. We've just done our like a couple of shows in. Well, they're all in England basically. Um, just tying up a few loose ends from last year touring amongst the sort of covid stress and um yeah now we're on to like ireland doing dublin and cork and then we're doing all over europe so kind of fully back to it and then we've got like a full summer of festivals after that as well so it's like yeah um it's not not been too long really we've only been on the road for two weeks but it feels really long we started with like the most intense shows which is like our albert hall show and like a sort of warm-up show for that in worthing where we had about 14 15 people on stage at times yeah. like so many people doing so many things yeah so it's been actually just cooling down off of that <laughs> to throughout the rest of the tour and like getting back into our normal sort of normal um standard shit and it's, it's been great fun yeah yeah and uh i was actually looking at your uh it was on youtube your brixton uh gig mm-hmm. it was amazing um, and then uh, but that song Brazil has just been stuck in my head all day and I can't get it out of my head but I actually don't mind because usually songs that get stuck in my head are like oh my god for fuck's sake that song's in my head but I like the song so it's grand it's so just... <laughs> thank you I suppose. Uh, no worries someone <laughs> someone put it on at the Hairy Lemon yesterday where I, oh where yeah then, no then, way then they were f- with, for a drink with Sam Palancer who's supporting us at the gig tomorrow yeah um, oh today what yeah, uh, it was tomorrow. God, the yesterday. gigs are taking a toll oh, on you already. Uh, <laughs> but um, 
I couldn't tell whether they'd like spotted me and yeah. put it on. I felt like it was too good timing. Like I just <laughs> sat down with it's a like drink. It's like your uh, team song. Like, yeah, walking. But then in. they were playing other sort of like indie bangers, so yeah, I, like, yeah. I wasn't sure. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah the Harry Lemon. Catchy yeah. tune, so yeah. it happens. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. And how does it feel like when that comes on? Is it like does it feel good or do you? What no, you I don't feel? like it. I like yeah. I like listening to it every now and then in my own time, in my own sort of space. But the thing I, I don't like listening to around other people is just the fact that my voice is so different then. Yeah. Like, it's so, didn't really have a recording voice, even though, it, you know, obviously wound up working well that way, you know, like, but it's definitely a bit of like uh, a str- strain going on in, in, in my vocal what, cords. What do you mean by recording voice? Just like, just like getting comfortable with singing in a certain range or like, I just don't sound very comfortable singing to me and I sound very like still kind of figuring out where where my voice slots in mm. but that's again it's not a bad thing because it's obviously people have taken to it for different reasons but um but it's just hard to listen to because I'm literally 15 yeah and it's just like say. so it's so such a different you know thing there's obviously things I'll do different but if it ain't broke don't fix it you know and that yeah. is one of those songs that I just can't the life of me say is broke i just don't really yeah <laughs> i yeah, find it course, a bit stressful yeah. to listen to listen yeah. to yeah yeah and that's that's probably another challenge as well of uh like playing so many gigs because obviously there's songs yeah. that are great fun to play i'm sure but then is there ones that you're like oh i'm doing this song again um not in the current set it's yeah, brilliant yeah. like it's really fun to play yeah like there's there, you know sometimes when we were playing just off the first album for example it's like we've got these songs and we have to play pretty much every single one because mm-hmm. we don't have many more songs than that and like people would want to hear the b-sides yeah and it was just a bit like i don't really want to like but you know you kind of had to do throw in the odd thing here and there and maybe we hadn't figured out the live set so much but now it's like it's almost hard to fit all the songs you want to fit on the set list you know it's like we're playing like 20 over 20 songs every yeah. night no, because we've got two albums worth of material yeah. to pick through. So it's like, if I'm playing something old or something that's, you know, maybe a little bit funny to me now, Why Do You Feel So Down is an example, yeah. a song that I'm just like, it's just a fun song I wrote randomly when I was like 16, 17, but people really want to hear it. And I enjoy that now. Yeah. Like, I just yeah. really like, fuck it. Like, here's a, it feels a bit random in the yeah. set, but at the, you know, compared to a kind of darker um, more intense sort of new stuff that, that dominates the set now. Obviously playing all the hits as well. But like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but like you know, it's just nice. And everyone's yeah. like, I'm like, oh yeah, I feel like I'm 17 again. And yeah. everyone else is kind of like, you know, almost, it's, it's almost like... reminiscing with those songs. So we yeah, yeah. so kind of grown up together with my with my audience. I think. Yeah. So I kind of just appreciate that now, especially after COVID. I'm just mm. like, of course I want to play this song that everyone <laughs> wants to sing along to. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's a bit like, uh, you know, when you're like, 12 years old or whatever and you're around your friends and you're embarrassed when your parents are there and then you're like that lasts till you're about 16 and then after that you kind of actually enjoy their company mm, it's a bit, yeah. a bit in the same way yeah 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 you just you, you just learn to like I don't know make the most out of the things that are really really cool and mm. really good and like not you know the hit songs that you, you make the songs that people really want to hear might not be the one that you wrote and were like, I'm so proud of that. Yeah. Even sometimes it will be, but like, you just got to roll with it. Like you're create, you're constantly creating stuff as a constant stream. People are still appreciating it. You shouldn't be sort of like 
turn your nose up at it or turning you know turning away from the stuff that people take to it's like that's what ultimately keeps you going and you know um people still are appreciating the other stuff but you know if the one that they whack on with their mates and sing along to is you know one that you just thought was kind of kind of silly when you wrote it yeah it's like fuck it like so is all your favorite songs are like yeah. that you know yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. what i've found so yeah yeah well it's it's probably like <clears throat> it's having that empathy as well for the people who kind of got you there you know yeah, exactly it, that's that's kind of it and um yeah i i feel the same obviously it's totally different what we do but like people people will always know me for like kimmage kimmage is like <laughs> Kim, do you know kimmage not really okay and nobody does uh it's like this part of dublin yeah that's like this mythical realm you, so you d- yeah you did a video on yeah, that. yeah i have yeah. seen that yeah i, have seen that, I, <laughs> don't, you, really, yeah. I don't really know it well yeah 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 it's like uh, i've been told it's like the dublin version of yoga in scotland I do not know. No, okay, it doesn't matter. It's grand, yeah. I don't know why you'd know Scotland anyway, but uh, yeah. So I'm sure there's a place like it in England. But uh, how did you how did you come across my stuff? Because one day I saw you were following me. It's like what the fuck? How did how did Declan McKenna come? It's probably. I've 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 a number of Irish friends, uh, obviously. So it's probably one of them. I might have been Josh McClory, who is my housemate, who formerly of the Stripes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, back back when he was a a Wayne. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And now now he's just he's he's we're living together yeah. doing different he's actually on a different tour at the minute he's playing guitar for Miles Kane oh no which way which is fun yeah. I guess yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah so it pro- I think it probably was was him who put me yeah. on to you what was I was watching one of your music videos uh, I don't know if it was Josh uh, but it was you and one of your mates in the video and uh, you were I, I, maybe you'll remember it you were eating you were both eating it was a shot in the kitchen and you were both eating a breakfast roll or some sort of sandwich and w- each was holding one end and the other so that's that's Alex Lawther who yeah. is the actor who was in he's been in so much shit he's been in um, he's about to be Hamlet in the theatre but he, he's been in like um, like Black Mirror mm. he's been in um all sorts of, oh, uh, end of the fucking world oh yeah um, really sick actor and actually at the end of my Royal Albert Hall gig the other day we, we, we finished on You Give a Little Love from Bugsy Malone yeah. you know You Give a Little Love <laughs> and it all goes back to you but he came on as the janitor and like swept the stage <laughs> at the start of it but yeah we oh, just did that brilliant. video together I got put in touch with him through like a friend of a friend of his brother mm. and I was like keen to get him involved because people kept comparing us yeah, uh, yeah on the yeah, internet and things and having people brothers, yeah. coming up to each other and like saying they recognised us thinking we were the other person That's we gross. look kind of similar yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, like, similar. Anyway, similar yeah. sort of silhouette yeah but yeah and then after that we just become friends we went to Latitude Festival oh, together yeah. Um, and yeah we just always kind of you know he's always coming and going we're, I mean yeah. we're both a bit like that doing yeah. those sorts of things but yeah we, every now La- and then Latitude. we just have a really good really good hang with him yeah, yeah that, that's the key to Life on Earth music video yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Re- that's the really one fun. yeah yeah Latitude yeah, I'm just realising we have a version of Latitude here called Longitude it's a different very different buzz now to Latitude because yeah. Latitude is like middle class as fuck yeah like, yeah Mat- Latitude is like fun festival been there loads of times yeah I think middle class people love my music yeah so. yeah yeah. <laughs> oh, Longitude would be kind of everyone as well yeah yeah you get like all kind of walks of life gone but it's only I think Longitude is is it just a day 
Or am I getting mixed Longitude, up? Longitude I think is a weekend isn't oh, it? Oh yeah no sorry I'm thinking of Forbidden Fruit Or is it Forbidden Fruit? Is that the name of Forbidden Oh yeah <laughs> I get so nervous I'm like that's not the name But uh, yeah yeah. So uh, how do you find like playing festivals As opposed to playing your own gigs? Just more hit and miss really yeah. um, I mean all gigs are hit and miss you know But actually on this tour We haven't had a bad gig We haven't had a, mm. a one where we came off feeling a bit like Oh, that wasn't very good or we could have played better like I think we're yeah. so locked in now and like there's always a little bit of surprise to the shows as well as always we're always doing something a little bit different every night yeah. so what, what I've noticed oh sorry go on no yeah just with festivals it's just like everyone's setting up you're kind of hoping everyone's gonna you know do 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 what they need to do and do what you need and like get it set up right but you just never know the ra most random thing can just throw you off like yeah. or if you're if you're not hearing things right and in, in the gig like it's so hard to get right because obviously it's a new space and literally your crew have half an hour to just set up and then you walk on and what, what you get is what you get you know yeah. and like it can be amazing and it can just surprise you so much and be like the best gig ever or it can be like real slogs to get through but yeah. i feel like now again we're so like fingers crossed as we get into festivals again we're so locked in our crew are so you know on it with everything you know they know what we're doing so well we know what we're doing so well that i imagine it would feel a little bit smoother than when we were touring like the first album doing it because mm. it was everyone kind of getting to know what we were doing really yeah. all through it um so but it can just be that little bit more like oh <laughs> this wasn't like the best gig we've ever played yeah. or like oh I wasn't something cut out something yeah. wasn't working like, but I, I have to risk. say though it's uh, like seeing like you know obviously the quality of the productions that you come out with like a really high quality and I don't think when, when you play it live it doesn't lose any of that quality yeah. like it's it's sometimes like I'd say you know it's nearly even better or at least the no. same quality you know which you can't say for everyone that's radio so and you know it was actually coming to my head i don't even know if you liked them or not but i was always a big fan of them when i was a kid uh muse oh, yeah. when i was a kid i completely <laughs> forgot about them yeah but that that was another example maybe a different type of example but another example of a band who were kind of nearly just as good live like trying to yeah I, th I think that's kind of part of the thing with the second album is that I recorded it with my band and it was meant to be played live, which is why the yeah. pandemic was so annoying because mm. we made these like, you know, pretty rocking album yeah. uh, by my standards anyway. <laughs> and like, um, yeah, I, th I think I've just, you know, I've stuck with, with my same band throughout the whole thing and we've just like grown and grown together. Yeah. And um, now we just, you know, have such a love language with, with working on the shows where, you know, we can just get things really to a point. Um, obviously with with a lot of help from a lot of people as well along the way you know just really trying to make sure that the shows are alive you know it's not like it's like we know what we're doing we know what the song needs but each night we can adapt and each night we can like we want to throw surprises out to the crowd that they're not going to get any other night or change the set list or whatever it is you know trying to really bring back the, the live live concert like obviously yeah. we use a bit of like you know technical stuff backing track like a little bit of stuff here and there but like it's it's hard sometimes because a lot of the time i think bands to in order to compete or artists especially solo artists i think if you haven't like had a, always had live band around you to compete you feel the need to have a very sort of modern setup where there's a lot of track a lot of things you know doing the work for you where like i think over time gradually as you work with a band as 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 most good bands do you know you you find your pocket together and like yeah. that becomes that thing where you can adapt it all the time wherever you are whereas 
with everything locked in on computers and stuff you can't really do that so yeah. and you're not so we try and make it on, on one person it's like just a living organism kind of yeah. after a while yeah it's a beautiful thing i just love gigs like that where you feel like you know the energy in the room is really being captured right there and then and yeah. like we, we we hope to do that and same with the production and everything you know we want to make sure that that because you know there's always conversations before the tour it's like oh do you want this for like the big london show or something but my idea for this tour was really that everywhere we go we could near enough even if we had to cut back a couple of things we can near enough have the same production yeah. so the backdrop there is like part of the production the the disco balls that we bring around you know it's all like it, it all makes it kind of sustainable throughout everywhere we're playing rather than bringing screens and pyro mm. to one show and yeah. then just a normal backdrop and normal thing to another so yeah it's been when, a long time figuring start, all that out yeah yeah when did you start writing your own songs i literally always have i literally like from when i was really really young i was in a band with my sister and my two cousins um and we we used to write all the time we used to just like what was your first song songs. like because I remember mine. I don't know what, my... I was like, oh. what was your first song? Oh, I so it was. Uh, I don't remember the lyrics. I remember the chord progression. I'm just even hearing the chord progression of it. It's like I, 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 I'm not gonna play it, but there's a guitar there. Maybe you can play later. <laughs> I think you gotta do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh no, that's uh, it's no, you're you're in tune, I think. Oh no, I'll treat you. Yeah, yeah, trad sesh. <laughs> yeah, so it was like, it was like that's nice. What were you doing? The sort of psychedelic open tune, did you? Yeah, I don't know. What's this? <laughs> like that. that fucking frog psychedelia. <laughs> yeah. But I just, because I, I, the reason why it's the two open. So the reason why it was two open strings was because I couldn't put it, do a bar chord at the time. So I just did that. That was like my way of cheating. Ah, see, that's genius. That's great. <laughs> that's... But it's, I don't know, it seems like two, like, trying to be a Radiohead trivia band or something. Easy to do that actually. Yeah, right yeah. Right. So when you do some weird chords, you're like, yeah. it just sounds like Radiohead. Or well, Nirvana's another one. Like, yeah. It can be very close to the bone to yeah. Nirvana. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, do you want to play anything now that you have the guitar? <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to think. Well, I can't think of any of my early songs. I've written probably 400 songs in my one? time. That's all right. Oh, yeah, I okay. like this one. It's a bit rustic, but yeah. it's got. It has actually got full-on spiders web in there. That's great. Oh, that's mine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. Um, Jimmy the Spider. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have some there's songs there's old songs of mine that are still online there's old songs of mine on YouTube which I uploaded to Bandcamp and SoundCloud when I was like 13, 14 when I was like yeah. my brother got this little 8 track recorder and he would make stuff on it but I was just using it as an interface and plugging it into Audacity oh, did you ever oh use Audacity? God, yeah I think we got taught to using how did you even get it finished it's so like yeah. it's, you have to be good at maths you have to listen <laughs> you have to listen to them because nothing was finished yeah. I eventually got like some tapped version of Cubase yeah and started working on music that way but yeah it was yeah. not uh 
it's not ideal recording software. Although there are like effects and things on Audacity that you cannot find anywhere else. Mm. Just people who like, get weird. good at Audacity are just like the most stubborn people, aren't they? Like they, <laughs> because they're like, no, no, I'm gonna get good at it. Like uh, I could use you FL Studio. Get good at it. No. You can't get good at it. You have to accept for what it is. But yeah, you have to accept you, the. You feed. can definitely use it creatively yeah. in a way, but like I don't think finishing music really happens very often yeah. on Audacity. No. Um, if, if it ever turns into music yeah exactly <laughs> I don't know I'm trying what's know. your favourite song to play what like of, my, of mine of I yours yeah um, it really depends I think um, at the minute it's like British Bombs just seems to be the one yeah. that just goes off every single time it's a big crowd pleaser yeah and yeah. like obviously Brazil's always been a good one to play um in terms of like one I'd just like to play regardless of there being a crowd there or not you know that's that's a bit harder because British Bombs is, 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 takes it out of you you know to play yeah. so we always do it at the end of the set or, yeah. or towards that way generally speaking um, but like I mean I, I, I love playing You Better Believe I think that's another one that's just like high energy and gets a pretty good reaction every night but also we're just like it moves so much that it just is really it really keeps you on your toes so yeah. like it's like proggy but like danceable at the same time so yeah. like that's that's really fun and can you can you play it there it's just got like a little bit a little bit sour It's just got that like nice. Dylan-esque Velvet Underground vibe that, we, that, that yeah. Me and my friend Jake Passmore wrote that together. Yeah. And, um, What's his name? Jake. Jake Passmore. He's actually he's every in one it. of your friends is called Jake. Wasn't there another Jake earlier? Ah, uh, Josh. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Jake is in a band called Scores as well. Yeah, yeah. Who, who are very good. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I just got an exclusive there. <laughs> um, yeah, so so you would have got famous then, Declan, around like fifteen. <laughs> and, well, and what I, was that like? I yeah, I released my first proper single, Brazil, when I was fifteen. Just like me and a couple of mates did the video and just like recorded. Uh, so Max Marlowe produced it. Um, he was at university at the time in London. So we just made it there and like, like literally I'd get like a three hour slot after school to get the train to Harrow where his like uni campus was record in a three hour window and then go home and then like just did that loads mm. and loads of times until we kind of had a finished song. Um, and then I think the next year by like February, I'd sort of sent it into the Glastonbury Emerging Talent Competition, which would eventually be like quite a pivotal moment. But like by February, before that had even fully happened yet, um, I was just getting like hit up by all of these industry people. Like I had the most emails I think that still now I've ever had in my inbox, like coming in like 60 guys or something like this, like all trying to, all trying to like manage me or like yeah. be my label or whatever. And I had no idea what they were doing, but a load of people come down to my hometown, Cheshunt, 
and um, just went for like meetings after school with all these people. Oh my God. Uh, who were like obviously so keen to sign this young prodigy yeah. or whatever. <laughs> and like, I don't know, I just kind of sat there chatting to him, but really, uh, like in hindsight, obviously I wouldn't have known at the time, but I didn't, I didn't need to have that many conversations, you know, no. but I was just like all these people getting in touch, they're all working with people who I was aware of. So yeah. I was like, shit, I've got to meet everyone. What, what um, do you make of industry people? Like how do you deal with them? You learn over time. It's just, there's just two different worlds colliding, isn't it? And yeah. like, I think at the end of the day, you can be an artist and just like try and not worry about it. But also in the same breath, it's like, if you if you aren't in control of it to an extent like then then it's like sort of the business side's idea of you becomes like you and yeah. like you don't you don't really want i don't really want that like i i kind of want the art to lead it so yeah. you know There's you run into like... your your problems with it but like you just have to learn to stand your ground i think is yeah. the is the is the main thing for any artist like yeah. um, and tend to have a vision for what you want to do and just know that like you know you are the you, you you sort of know your own vision like like other people have suggestions but it's based on an idea of you and what you're doing and you kind of know your your direction for your art fully so um and the best way to approach it i think is always to just like whatever the the sort of your your strangest tendencies or whatever like the way you would just do it if no one was watching is kind of the thing that should lead it because that's what that's what people like at the end of the day it's yeah. so obvious when artists are trying to make something to be something to be yeah. something they're not um i think everyone's done yeah. that in some way or yeah. another but oh, when yeah. you do it it doesn't learning. feel right doesn't it no exactly and it's just learning to carve out your own your own world and your own niche and at the end of the day like you know that will if a new artist it gets oversimplified and then they are like an oversimplified version of themselves or sometimes yeah. people you know go too far the other way and kind of confuse themselves and lose actually lose the simplicity that is key to like executing what you what is special to you you know yeah. try and be too clever yeah. and like it's just over time you just figure out that niche and i think that becomes the thing that you're like oh this is like what no one else can do but me yeah i yeah. think with uh with like creative people there's a certain amount of paranoia as well i know there is with me anyway yeah. like where uh, everyone's just gonna forget about you yeah or... well everyone's <laughs> gonna forget yeah or you'll fall off or the other thing the big thing with me is like whenever whenever there's like money involved or the business yeah. side of things my instinct is going they're trying to fuck me over here right yeah and and that's the thing it's just like you know you've got to know know your worth as an artist like obviously in the art world you have to take a few liberties you have to kind of just be chill about things to a certain extent because otherwise you know there's no way to collaborate with other artists if you're not all course, willing to go yeah. like we're just going to do this together and see what happens not fucking worry about the money or anything yeah. because like that's how this, you know that's how you make good art it's not yeah. about being like how can we balance the books yeah, yeah you know yeah. but at the same time you have to just know that you know the art is is what is valuable in this thing and it's like if people are offering you something then it's just like you you have to be aware that like that yeah that you can you can get taken advantage of you can get yeah. like into situations that you don't necessarily feel right for you or what you're trying to do and it's not necessarily out of someone being um you know malicious but in the same breath sometimes the way things have always been done in a certain area of the industry or something just isn't isn't the way that you should be approaching a work or isn't what's best for you and that's yeah. just like again just a learned experience that i think you have to go through as an as as an any kind of artist is to just figure out like 
what works for you in that in that world you know so like yeah you're 15 you must have you're so i can see you now you're so well adjusted you were a child star essentially like right. so uh <laughs> that's that's what i'm calling you a child yeah, star like, i got to it, say I'll take it. i've been called i've been called worse yeah so like how did you how did you get through you must have a really good team behind you like because yeah. so many people end up getting fucked up yeah i think you know i think from early on like uh I think you know my team were always kind of having my back and trying to make sure that I could get on with you know enjoying myself and being and doing things in the way I want to for in terms of the music you know not to say it, it's not had its sort of ups and downs yeah. uh, especially as time's gone on and you're kind of like I don't know just observing things and being like what do I really want to do you know how's this going to be sustainable for me because one one problem with working with the industry is like it's always about the next step it's always about the next leap and it's like well quite content with where I am now and I yeah. just kind of want to be able to you know sustain myself most importantly and just be be happy in the in the place that I'm in rather than you know constantly striving for goals that if you make great but like if you spend your whole time aiming towards and then you don't get it or you don't mm. you know uh live up to those expectations i feel like you can just be quite miserable and yeah you want to you want to you know push yourself and be like i can you know make this really amazing but for me it always comes back to focusing on on the art and that and letting that be the decider because all my favorite artists you know though they've had peaks and troughs in their careers yeah are all people who just let the art lead the way and every now and then you'll get it so right and it'll course, just be this yeah. thing that is unrepeatable and that's what makes it sustainable over time um so like i i, I find yeah I, I i you know i think i've been you know protected in the way that i can kind of get on with that but at the same time been signed to a major label which has its you know pressures and things yeah. and and things and that can be a bit difficult to navigate but what, what it seems like a, from the outside yeah is like uh it's it's nearly like a branch of like the culture industry where it's all about just maximizing you know and then and then like creativity and being an artist is kind of a lot of the time it, it's the opposite of that yeah you know and, and so it's like those two forces but you have to exist inside that world as well yeah. i think you just have to know what what yeah know how to approach those conversations when they come around and know what you want like know, know what is right for the art really mm. and like even though maybe I didn't have all of those skills when I was young yeah I think I kind of learned it over time in a way that it's just natural and um, I think yeah now there's things I wouldn't do that I did when I was 16, 17 just because you kind of go going with the flow and being like all these amazing things are happening and you just get yeah. on with it you but, think it's um, going to be your last gig as a freelancer it's like if i don't do right, this yeah. not that the well will dry up yeah yeah but now i'm just like yeah yeah i don't know right riding the wave and just constantly trying to trying to enjoy it because uh, you know it's it's, it's fed me fairly well so far so. yeah and I have, like like i was saying you know at such a young age you had this kind of like political consciousness from a right, like yeah. brazil is kind of a political song isn't it and yeah where do you get that at the age of 15 were you, did you think I, about that a me lot? and all of my friends were kind of in that mindset at school at 15 you know 14 15 like we're just a bit frustrated with the world with you know i think being being in school is like a metaphor for for the world where you just feel a bit like like you can't do all the things that you could do mm -hmm. if it weren't for you know certain restrictions certain um 
systems that are in place and like i feel like you you, start, you know in those sort of adolescent years where you become a little bit a little bit more cantankerous or whatever like you you kind of um we all did anyway just started be, becoming aware of the different different things that are going on in the world that we didn't agree with and mm. and that um we felt there was you know a simplicity to life that that hasn't really been understood in in a in a world that you know has so many people in it has so many different systems and you know e ecosystems and 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 uh you know communities on it um I won't tell you what I was thinking of when I was 15. I think you have lots of stupid <laughs> shit as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but like yeah. that, there was there was an element to that where, we, yeah. where it was what we were all talking about. And, um, you know, I've, I've just always found that a, a good channel for it was music because a lot of the, my favorite artists did it. And I think back then I was just happy to be super direct. Whereas now, yeah. now I'm a little bit more choice. I'll do political music to an extent, but it's like you know i was always having new ideas back then and now it's like i kind of know where i stand in a lot of things yeah. and it's like it's actually rare that anything shocks me sadly yeah. which i think yeah. is the way of the world right now yeah. it's like you know you're kind of trying to get on and support back the thing you know support support the causes when when you need when they need to be supported which is all the time i spend a lot mm. of time you know trying to get myself into um you know promoting uh fight against climate change and all this stuff i've found has kind of been one of my pockets but um yeah. like yeah i i think it's um it was just back then a, a way of channeling that and now it's yeah it's just like you can't i, I kind of had the platform that i was looking to share those opinions on now and now yeah. it's like I have to be a bit more choice with with how i approach it but back then it was just direct and i think that's how you should be at 16 yeah. 17 it's like fuck it, like tell the world tell the world what's up because the youth are always always backing the right things i think yeah. at the end of the day and and i was even even at that age like i would have been interested in that sort of thing but I, my, my mind was like a sponge so I was so impressionable that I'd hear one opinion. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's my opinion. Now I yeah, agree with that. Right, but then I'd yeah. hear the other one. I'm like, oh, that has validity to it as well. But you I know? think again, that's also good. Like I think because yeah. I think a problem of our time is like just because of the format of the internet is like stubbornness. Yeah, it's like people are just incredibly stubborn and locked in on their beliefs and almost like fuck you if you think anything else. And obviously, there's certain instances where it's like yeah you should hold a hard line in yeah. terms of your your in terms of morality because there are rights and wrongs in this world at the end of the day i think i think but also at the same time there's a reason people believe the things they believe you know yeah. oftentimes people don't understand how privileged they are to have an understanding of certain issues to an to an extent that you know they they can feel higher than other people on it's like but you you know if you've been raised with with compassion if you've been raised in a way that um you know promote certain ideals that that you know seem at least to you good for everyone not everyone's had that and like yeah. i think that's some something to be understood and, and in the era where you can just put one statement online and that's your thing and yeah. then it's fuck you to anyone who yeah. thinks anything else you know i think yeah. i think community doesn't exist like that i think community has to has to have you know understanding and, and conversation and understand where different people are coming from because otherwise you just get division and that yeah. just leads to the mad political stalemate <laughs> that we're in sort of right now with the world over yeah um and yeah it's 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 a difficult time because there's a lot of horrible far-right ideas yeah. ideologies coming around and um you know it is scary for people you understand again you have to understand that like people are scared and just reacting <laughs> um mm. 
but it's a it's a mad mad time with all of that i was uh i, I started studying sociology two years right, ago seen, yeah. and and when i was went what i realized from that was like uh you know just to be able to think about things sociologically where you know you see like even even you see it now like because dublin dublin is big with addiction like and yeah. uh, in a lot of different cities i'm sure you're seeing like obviously there's addiction but they kind of hide hide the addiction from the main thoroughfares you know yeah. and and they don't really do that here like heroin would be a big problem in dublin and in, well in little pockets of dublin because you know there's the drug problems are everywhere but you might get like you know in like a middle class area it's a cocaine problem in yeah. working class right. it's crack yeah. and heroin but like uh, I, I think a lot of people will go around and I've said this before on the podcast but they use words like junkies and you know scumbags right. and stuff but it's yeah. like but looking at it like from that sociological point of view I hate using that word it takes too fucking long to say it's, <laughs> I feel like a dickhead saying it but anyway um, like looking at it it's like a lot of them are from like traumatic backgrounds they've totally. had like like rough childhoods and stuff like that nobody got wakes up and goes I'm going to be a heroin addict today you know they're trying to escape from pain cope, and people yeah. don't realise that you know yeah and there's a way there's a way to talk about people people you know always like even if someone wrong, wrongs you even if, you know a lot of the time again you know very situation dependent but like um there's always a reason why, why people end up in a, in a desperate situation to do something desperate yeah. and like it's 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 you know you, should, you shouldn't have pity on those people because we all have our time time of that you know we all have yeah. our time where it's, it's difficult to cope and you you wind up coping in a bad way I don't think there's anyone that, that doesn't doesn't happen to at some yeah. stage. I'd actually life. be scared of people that it doesn't happen to. You know, yeah. like they're just like oh, I'm, I'm so I secure have in a... yourself. That, <laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah. That you I never... have perfect mental health. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Like, what even is that? You know, it doesn't yeah. it doesn't work that way. So, you know, I think yeah, you, you must have compassion with these things because um, yeah, like like you say, that's just like you know, and the prob the the problems like that are not that it's not one group as you say like it's not it's not class dependent it's just you know class maybe dif differentiates the reason yeah. and the and the and and the type of uh issues that arise but all the same you know it's it's all, all the same human human yeah. issues it's, it's so. scapegoating as well you know it's like i don't have to look at myself i don't have to look at my own opinions i think it is that i think the thing that i was talking about the other day is like well this might sound like a bit of a tangent at first but we're talking about religion's role in 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 the world now and how at least in our sort of you know zone yeah uk ireland it's less important now to a lot of young people and for all its faults you know i grew up grew up very much catholic still mm. sort of I guess a lot of my life's been been impacted by that. I believe in a lot of things that that I've been sort of taught as a Catholic, yeah. um, and a lot of that is good. And you know, for all its faults, you know, all the system of power that's been created in those in those sort of re religions in those worlds, you know, which which lead to corruption, which lead to lead to you know people misusing that power or whatever it is, you know, um, people being led led down the wrong path through through it. I think people lack that community that something like that would bring now mm. or you know it's hard to explain but I you know I, I feel like people now on the whole just lack lack commu a functioning community because they'll find community but they'll find it online in like conspiracies and things like this which just 
are a group of people backing each other up on one thing and 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 going unchallenged and i think a community actually has you know people all different ages all different backgrounds in one in one area you know all you know obviously that varies but um that that can come together and that can work through problems together and like that aspect of community i think is so non-existent now yeah. because it's just like i don't know if you have a problem you can kind of give it to your group on the internet and they'll just kind of back you up they won't challenge you on mm. it they won't or they won't say they won't really give you anything productive to help help change your situation and like to, to help you know i think loneliness is such a root of so many so many problems now yeah. and I, I feel like lacking community that something like religion obviously it don't have to be religion i'm just using that as an example of something that you know when i see you know the sort of uh like elderly people in in Chesham where i'm from going to church every week and having a cup of tea and a chat and like all of that stuff and they just kind of it it, it keeps people you know it gives people a livelihood in a way that you don't you know get from work you don't get yeah. from 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 the internet i don't think in a in a really you know in a sustainable way well, well i, I think, think variety a- and community and discussing all of these things as as a unit and being able to be challenged and being able to be you know have an o- open discourse with a whole large sector people not just not just your immediate family yeah. i think i think people need that now yeah. more than ever yeah. really i agree it's so serious to I say agree. Yeah. yeah no it's it's absolutely true and i think uh, a lot of it is like uh, just being in the Western world, and like uh, you know, even even just the whole idea of capitalism is kind yeah. of you know, it's like everyone's in it for themselves. Yeah, and there's no kind of unity. Uh, you know, the 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 individual is more important than the group, and like uh, you know, and and it, and that's that's the loneliness really as well. That's what drives right. it. So I've I've often been you know with other people or in a room full of people and still feeling lonely because a lot of the time it's just an internal state. You can be with people, but if you don't connect and if you can't like be yourself and be fully honest with them you know then you're kind of you're going to be lonely wherever you go yeah I th- that's the thing that's why I, I aspire to be like my dad in a lot of ways because we could be absolutely bloody anywhere and he'll start a conversation with someone yeah. I, think, I think myself and like a lot of people in my generation really struggle to do that yeah. in the same way we're just it just just be absolutely anywhere we could be in you know the middle of nowhere in France no one speaks English yeah find the one person you can have a conversation <laughs> with and like I just I aspire to be like that in a lot of ways even yeah. though you know there's aspects of like you know the older generation that obviously as you get get you know as generations pass they change and you get a bit like oh that's that's old hat we don't want to be like that anymore i think we can't think we're above you know that aspect of life chatting to each other speaking to each other because i think it's maybe an art that's been not lost completely but i think a lot of people yeah struggle in those situations where we just don't feel like chance each other or yeah. don't really fit you know don't really feel like we fit in all together in, yeah. in that way I, I definitely have that had those situations yeah well, I've always felt like that where like people think I'm really extroverted because I would always chat to people and stuff but like I have this sort of thing where I'm uh well, obviously, I love chatting because I have a fucking podcast. But like, <laughs> like, unless I'm a masochist here, which I might be. But uh, you know, uh, I, I've always felt like just like an outsider in, in everything. Like even I think I've said it before, but like even when I went to school on my first day, it's like I feel like 
you know, everyone knows each other already here and I'm the one who's new, the new kid, you know, even though we're the twin, like, but uh, a lot of that, like, I've seen, I've come to say that, like, you know, it sounds funny to put these words together, but, like, a lot of it for me was, like, self-centered fear, where it was, like, uh, I was just, like, oh, like, I might not think I'm as good as other people, or I might think I'm better than other people, you know, but it's it's one or the other, it's never on the same. So it's like, I, I could be like, oh, I'm like low self-esteem, like I'm so bad, I'm worse than everyone here, you know, but that's in a way, the way I see it, it's like, it's self-centered because it's all about me and it's about like, I have to be worse, I'm, I'm making myself the yeah. main character in everyone else's story, you know? Yeah, right. And generally speaking, no one gives a bollocks. No, like, no, no one's speaking, even thinking. Yeah. No, no, exactly. And that's like, yeah, it's tough because everyone has those 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 sort of tendencies, don't they? Like, mm. unless like, I was playing like the Olympia tonight. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. I think yeah, you just kind of. <laughs> <laughs> that was I suppose so. <laughs> I suppose I do feel like the main character. Yeah, right now, yeah, yeah. But um, but now it's just like you can't you, you you know you can't do that forever and just be worrying about yourself. Like yeah. I feel like most of the time when you do that, yeah. It can give you the times where you're like, woohoo, like, I'm doing so great. But then it also gives you those moments where you just feel distant from yeah. people around you, like, and yeah. you just want to be on the level at the end of the day. And all, all communities, all different things, you know, whether it's your work or whatever it is. You yeah. Know? yeah. You just want to be so able to feel that, relaxed and not worry about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And like with that, then, like you were saying about, like, you know, some sort of community, like, what does that look like in your in your head? I don't know. Um, it's like it has. I, I, it's hard to say where where it will be found now. But I th I think we need. Do we do we need like more clubs? Mm. Do we need everyone to meet up and go and play badminton every Wednesday? <laughs> so, I mean, can I be in? Can that, I be yeah, in your exactly. community? Something like that. Like I just I I, I stopped doing shit like that. I stopped playing mm. for my football team. Yeah. You know, I used to do sports all all day every day when I was in school, and then I started doing music full time, and I kind of. Yeah stop running stop doing it doing exercise stop meeting up with people to do to do sports or whatever and that's one example of something that like as soon as you leave school I, at least this is just my own experience but like I just kind of I don't know stop doing all these things that brought me you know it was also obviously just like a healthy t way of passing the time uh, that focuses your mind but also just bringing you together with people over interests that are just completely innocuous yeah. like the stuff that doesn't really have to matter that much but at the same time it's just so so good for you so uh, yeah badminton club every Wednesday or something <laughs> yeah, like that yeah, I feel yeah. like this is like a therapised Declan talking yeah. you know <laughs> I, I like I've been been through through that whole process and he's like you know my, my psychiatrist or therapist that I've seen would you know either one would have just said like you need to do something with your life that isn't work like you need yeah. to find and so you know all, all of this stuff about community and all of that is just me saying like you know I've found so much more value in my life just going back to things that I've always done that I've always that I've always sort of you don't even notice when you're younger spending time with your family uh, getting exercise meeting up with people you know bit spending time in, in a lot of different people's company like just brings so much richness to your life um and you're always told that as a child and then you leave and you get all this freedom and you're like i i almost you know found myself running away from it just running on with my own thing and then it's like well, what's not quite right here yeah. it's like well 
because music's you know music was my pastime and now it's my job and now it's yeah. like I have to find something else to do you know and I <laughs> so need, to, I need to find more, really more people to yeah yeah really did yeah it, it, it's crazy and you're in control of so much shit and you don't know you're in control like back then I didn't really know I was in control yeah. of all the all the things because you know it's almost like people are bringing you all these things people are bringing you all these opportunities yeah. but it's like you know as you get older you realise like you're you're in control of your own ship and you have to be in control of it otherwise it's not going to be what you want it to be mm. and like and we'd be like a sailboat yeah <laughs> we'd be trundling along just not not, not feeling right but yeah. you know um, yeah I guess not you know I guess when you have a, the opportunity to do whatever you want it's like you have to be very choice and you have to like ground yourself with with community yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you know yeah and your parents were supportive of you when you started out god yeah, yeah. like insanely supportive my yeah. dad used to drive me around to everything um and yeah they, they've always kind of backed it even when I've been just like away for ages probably yeah. not calling as much as I should and all of that you know but it's just like it's intense work isn't it I think yeah. they've always understood that and like they've known since I was you know 10 years old it's kind of before that even that's kind of the way I wanted my life to go was to, to be able to get into music as young as I could possibly manage to and 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 and, and live like that and work on my art because it's the only thing that I've really like I was very cynical in school and uh, and uh, though I was pretty good at certain things um, like I was pretty decent academic I would say like you know English yeah. I could get by and I would have guessed I could you get were good at English <laughs> but like um, but it's the only thing that actually I saw a point in doing that I could like really push myself in doing was yeah. like music I'm like I can make something here that I can be truly truly proud of and that's kind of what what I've been chasing and they've just always been always yeah. been insanely supportive of it so do you, do you find it hard then to kind of switch off because it's all just you know it's yeah. all go that's that's I mean that's that's what, I, what I'm uh, sort of therapizing right now <laughs> totally <laughs> wrong, uh, but that's what I, that's what I'm, I'm discussing really is is that you know it um yeah learning how to switch off when yeah when your hobby becomes your job it becomes your jobby is uh, <laughs> you say jobby your hobby becomes a jobby uh you know it, it, it's a difficult thing because yeah. it's like you just want to want the you know want to do the best want to be want to be the best at, at what you're doing and um in the same breath you just need to take your head away from it at times even if it's something as simple as badminton club on a wednesday yeah you're focused on this badminton club. i'm telling you we've we got it we've got to make it happen uh but like yeah it's it is a really really difficult process and i think i've kind of got into a, a part of understanding it now yeah. even though you you know you never stop learning with these things but um yeah. I think it comes with like that kind of personality type that artistic personality as well where like with me if I'm not creating something like say if I'm sitting down watching Netflix I'll, I'll be there for maybe half an hour and my head will start going you haven't done anything today you haven't created anything today mm. I start, like I actually create I, I relax by creating stuff you know and that's my form of like therapy in a way right, so yeah, I, yeah. it's probably not the best way but I suppose it's it's grand because it, it, there's an actual you know there's some something really freeing about creating something and then seeing it out there in the world not even about like whether it does well or not but just it's it's kind of like exorcism in a way you know yeah. gets it out is that the word i don't think that's the word <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's an it's an output though isn't yeah, it yeah like, yeah do you find that it's like there's some i think that for a lot of artists 
find it really hard to communicate certain things like do you find that like and i don't know like you can learn to communicate with people but you'll always have your music where it's like it's a it's a primal scream or whatever mm. it is it's like the the just like letting go of these things that you really struggle to you know be understood on and like um obviously that changes as you grow but like yeah. i don't know do you find that it's just like that cathartic release where you can i in my own experience I, I write you know a lot of the time in a character in a world and mm. like i can kind of slot things that i just want to say in that moment that don't really correlate to you know one one exact narrative but in that moment i need to say this thing and that's one line of the song yeah. and that's it and like you get lots of little bits of that out of out of music even if you're focusing on even if your focus is something specific you can put anything into it that just needs to be released at that at yeah. that moment in and, time. and do you find like having that uh sorry you you asked me a question there do i do i find it difficult to kind of express yeah yeah yeah, yeah sorry, so yeah. like yeah so it was um what you know what i found what i found really tough when i was writing songs writing lyrics uh when i have to explain what the lyrics mean because it's so personal it, yeah. Uh, it's so personal and it's like the reason why I wrote this was because I didn't want to talk about it I, I do a lot of I, I, I used to write a lot of poetry as well um, and uh, I did that for years since I was 15 yeah. um, and I loved that and I found that I was kind of um, I found I had a bit of an aptitude for it like I was always kind of insecure about that side of myself in school you know yeah and, yeah, uh, and school is just that environment where you just feel like you can just get punched in the face yeah. <laughs> <No> <laughs> <reason>. <laughs> all of a sudden particularly in like you know fucking everyone's got to be hyper macho boys yeah. school I can't, can't imagine I can't imagine because St Mary's where I went to was yeah, a bit like yeah, that at times yeah. Yeah. did you like, go to an old boys school as well no but it was just yeah it's nearly <laughs> it was worse a good, than a it's mixed not a bad, school yeah. it's not a bad school I don't want to give it bad rap because yeah. I actually think it's you know one of the better schools in my area I'm really glad yeah. I went there for a number of reasons yeah yeah but <laughs> yeah but there's a but te- there's the fact that there's a lot of teenage boys there all, all, all trying to one up each yeah. other and at times just like that fear just got, lives on inside yeah yeah and everyone like what what i've what i've realized is you know everyone's just you know a scared little boy or a scared little girl or whatever you know at the end of the day it's like all that all that's just bullshit like you know yeah. uh it's just fear and it's you know i, I wouldn't you know and, and sometimes i got on in school and, and other times it, it wasn't really like okay so the majority of it it wasn't for me mm. i wasn't equipped to be in school um yeah. and uh i i found no I, I didn't see the benefit of learning anything that I didn't want to learn <laughs> right, so so sure, like yeah. uh, it wasn't for me and uh, but I suppose I could never hold anything against anyone I'd always dumb down my intelligence and skill as well not that I was like really really smart but like I, I, I was lazy and I didn't want people to think I was smarter than other people in the class so yeah, I would just yeah. dumb it down and then people start to think you're actually stupid but you know we're we're all kids figuring things yeah, out you exactly know? you can't really hold something against someone from 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 way back when you know when when you're young because you yourself as a as a teenager can just you know be reactionary in a bad way not quite figured out yourself emotionally yeah. or in a number of ways and like yeah yeah you have to yeah you have to move 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 on even though you you know it puts you through difficult times it can be testing at times seeing in that school environment you 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 grow old and you're like yeah he was just insecure as well or, yeah. or whatever it was you know <laughs> yeah um, 
so yeah but um so you're going to uh you're playing the olympia anyway tonight and you're off to cork yeah doing cork cypress avenue tomorrow oh sorry this this is uh to the listeners at home you'll be hearing (laughs) this on sunday so the gig went really well um yeah it was great man we did love an irish crowd Yeah. What is that, that, that? Well, that would probably be the just before the start of my European leg of the tour. Yeah, so yeah. Anyone, everyone, anyone's in mainland Europe. I think there's a couple of tickets for some of the shows. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, you, if anyone's in. in Warsaw, yeah, who knows? Yeah, uh, yeah. I, and uh, yeah, I had a. I asked. Uh, I, I put in a story, an Instagram story about podcast questions and. Oh my god, I was overwhelmed by the amount of fans you have messaging me. <laughs> they are fucking obsessed with you. Like it's it's gas. But uh uh the most common question I think was uh ask him is he gonna play in the USA? Fair enough. Yeah, I am. I like it's it's been an awkward one with COVID and with the time in which I released my album because I was planning to go out before the album was released to America, which yeah. is like twenty twenty. Like you know, I was going to go straight out, and like obviously it was going to be part of the whole album was going to America and like you know re- rekindling things there where I left off. I think our last proper tour there was twenty eighteen. Yeah, like ages ago. Um, but it was a great tour, and you know, there's so many fans out there who have obviously been trying to get out to. But it's such an expensive thing, and like timing it right is just always. Mm. It's been well, particularly obviously recently, so difficult because it's like oh. You know, especially last year touring and having to cut off shows for COVID and you know people get very angry with you when you have to do that but like for the most part there's very little little choice in the matter when, you, when you're cancelling a show it's an absolute last resort um, and we just didn't you know the, the risk of that on a long old American tour you know because you tour for so much longer out there generally speaking um, so many more places to go just the risk so is too high so we, 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 <laughs> I, I'm trying to get out you know obviously now it feels a lot safer to do do so and it feels like we'll actually get through a tour if we go and do it you know yeah. so um, so so yeah I, 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 I am planning to do that but it's it's yeah it's annoying really I just I do I always want to tour America even when I was out in LA working on music recently I was just like god it just makes me feel like touring being out here because yeah. it's like the long roads the you know beautiful scenery there's a lot of that in the USA and you just yeah. get an experience unlike anything else driving around and obviously me you know fans there are so just like American. wilding up for it <laughs> and so American yeah exactly I can't say that uh, but they, they know what they are yeah. <laughs> but yeah no they're so, they're so up for it always yeah, so I'm yeah. just like I'm, I'm, I'm really buzzing I'm, I'm going that. away but to, yeah um, soon yeah I'm going away to uh, Florida in August no way uh, yeah we, we used to go there when I was when I was a kid but uh, yeah it's um like I, I don't know if it's the same for being English but being an Irish person in America they just instantly love you because uh, they, oh, gotcha. they love the Irish over there so it's always nice to go Everyone's over Everyone's Irish over there Yeah yeah well yeah there's something like 60 million Irish Americans or something like that something crazy because uh, like um, sure. is it the diaspora or diaspora I only see the word written Diaspora like yeah, yeah 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 like the like so many people would have emigrated to America you know and yeah. actually uh, an interesting an interesting fact about um you know the prohibition back in the day alcohol prohibition yeah. was um so like i think it was in the 1850s um the the catholic irish in new york and boston which was the main kind of hub of irish people uh, over in in the states at the time um they 
it was controlled by like Anglo-Saxons the country was controlled by Anglo-Saxons and like uh, so in, in the 1850s a law was passed where Catholics could vote so uh, yeah. they'd end up like voting like for obviously Catholics uh, in, in, in the government and uh, what would happen then is a lot of the Irish over there were working in like transient jobs where they'd be in like uh, say in scaffolding or like you know any any of those kind of jobs like working jobs blue collar jobs and so like the the pub kind of became a den of political organisation so uh, the Anglo-Saxons over there they ended up uh, like outlawing alcohol and that was because they were afraid that the Catholics would rise to power but uh, not many people know that yeah yeah wow yeah, that's amazing. it's mad. Yeah, that's the story now. That could be bullshit. Could be, yeah. yeah. But, but I like it, to it, say it anyway. It seems to, well. It's, it seems to make sense. I don't know. Throughout mm. history, there's always all laws like that passed mm. just to kind of stop people from conniving. Yeah, or whatever. Stop conniving, kids. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Um, Haven't heard that word in a while. Yeah, it's nice to get quit, it out every once in a while. Quit your conniving. Stop <laughs> conniving. Every it is how it is, and it's gonna stay. There, right? <laughs> yeah, quit your conniving. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, so fair um, play to the boys. Anyway, going to the pub to uh, yeah, <laughs> organize. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure, that's all they were doing. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't think anyone's ever been able to even organize a taxi in the pub. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we used to work. Um, we used to work in a hotel. Uh, and work night shifts and it was like the craziest hotel in the country one of them anyway really? uh, for reasons I can't go into on the podcast and uh, I remember like they'd have weddings and uh, <laughs> it would be my job to get everyone out of the reception room they had to be gone by 2 o'clock in the morning and they had to go into the lobby area so it was my job to get like 100 people and we were under staff it was my job to get like 100 drunk people uh, out of out of one room and into another and you'd nearly need to get a cattle prod because they were like uh, you know they were like it was nearly like you know when they're so drunk it's like they don't speak English anymore you know yeah. it was like that and you're like oh no no and you have to treat them like children you have to go no no you go you're here no, and you have to lie to them like no your friends are over in the other room they're looking for you and like that, that doesn't work at all we have to get security in eventually because uh, yeah I, I, had some, I had some mad stories about the hotel like yeah. I, I'm actually gonna I, I have sorry I've written like all these short stories about life as an iPorter in the hotel I used to <laughs> I used to sneak off uh, just when like at about three or four o'clock in the morning I'd sneak off mm. into the fire exit uh, and turn my walkie talkie off and uh, I'd just write uh, a story about what happened that night yeah. uh, so it was like 90% real 10% exaggerated that's so uh, I'm looking forward to, to getting that into maybe a show or something that's great me, that's funny like me and Marcus so Marcus is my friend who he's probably texting me now he wanted to come along but oh, uh, yeah. I don't know where he is well, he's, he lives in Dunboyne yeah yeah so he's like well, not too far from there actually right, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, so yeah he, he went back even though he's been on tour of us yeah. um, he should be back in town soon but we, we we've been discussing like ideas for like a comedy sketch show oh, a lot cool. of it is kind of I guess based around like growing up in the church because it's just yeah. a lot of a funny niche ones but then yeah. there's also just a few really random ones we had like uh, I have an idea about Rick Wakeman do you know yeah. Rick Wakeman no keyboard player and yes okay uh, oh so sorry know. yes yes <laughs> so that's part of the joke right yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's like this guy I haven't completely figured this out yeah. yet but the, one of the sketches which you know they're only going to be like TikTok length yeah you know, seven seconds whatever yeah. uh, it's like um, 
I don't know exactly which way around it's going to be, but I think, say there's a guy working at the till somewhere, Tesco, and someone comes up to them and sees the name tag, Rick, and they're like, Rick Wakeman. And he's like, yes. <laughs> and yeah. he's like, oh my God, I'm such a big fan. He's like, no, 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 you mean Rick Wakeman from Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, he goes, no, it's not me. <laughs> and there keeps being different scenarios, I think. Yeah. It's a recurring sketch where it's like, Rick, Wait, like Rick Wakeman? That's like, no. Yeah, just no, in no, it was strange yes. places. Yeah. Um, or yeah, maybe maybe the guy actually eventually meets Rick Wakeman, but yeah. I think it's just one guy who keeps thinking that everyone is Rick yeah. Wakeman. Yeah, yeah. Or, just or, like a psychotic episode, just like going up to people at the bus stop whose name isn't even sorry, Rick. Rick Wakeman? Yeah. It's like some old granny. No. <laughs> Oh, that's brilliant! Yeah, well, look if you need if you need any actors or anything, let me know. I'd love to. I'd love to get involved. It's just some ideas we've been hashing together. Yeah. I thought another one is: uh, Did you guys have um, like the Stations of the Cross in yeah. church? When, yeah. So we had like the kids would enact the Stations. Oh of the yeah, Cross. yeah. She's, for anyone who's not Catholic, it's quite a dark thing. Yeah. It's all, all children reenacting basically the, the the death of Christ. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, everyone gets together, dresses up, and they go around with the cross and yeah. all of this stuff, uh, reenact it through, all through the church on, I guess, Good Friday or mm. one one of these days in Holy Week, uh, just before Easter or, or maybe on Easter. Um, and um, yeah, all the kids are sort of like scurrying around carrying things. But I thought in my church, there was like a little back room with like a glass viewing window. But it was also the place where they'd have like tea and biscuits. Mm. It's also where like, you know, they'd get ready for this sort of event, I guess. Yeah. So, you know, just before all the mums are in there with all the with all the kids sort, sorting things out. But I thought the idea to just have... Uh, a sort of scenario in which they're all all the parents are just arguing over who should play who in the stations <laughs> yeah, of the cross yeah. <laughs> but one of them's turned up as like an astronaut crucify like, my child <laughs> what fucking you know this is the death of Christ yeah. where the fuck has he come from yeah, all of this sort of yeah, shit yeah. But again these are just ideas for sketches yeah, but yeah. I, think, I think there's some juice to it yeah definitely yeah oh that sounds good yeah so um, so with your first album it was very kind of a, you know, it was it was raw and and like you know the second album it was a lot more, like it like nearly like theatrical or like there's yeah. kind of and, and by the way what was that song? Um, oh, the song Daniel, you're you're gonna what? Daniel, you're still a child. Yeah, yeah, Daniel, yeah. you're still. It's, it's very. Uh, I love the lyrics in it. Like it's there's such a nice bounce to it and uh, it's very like uh, it, it reminded me a little bit of uh, me and Julio down by the schoolyard by Paul uh, Simon. Yeah. Like the same sort of right, like not the same obviously, but like it was yeah. very Paul Simon esque, you know, which yeah, is the ro- obviously rolling, a great thing. Rolling tongue of of Paul Simon, yeah, where it's just kind of flowing. Yeah, uh, he's big influence for me really. I went and saw him a few years ago at yeah. Hyde Park. It was an amazing gig. But I actually have some quite Paul Simon-esque stuff because I think that's one of my go-tos, which is kind of based off of my dad growing yeah. up. It's like playing guitar with your thumb and doing that sort of thumpy, yeah, yeah, thumpy we do Paul Simon well, yeah. I have a song which I played at the Albert Hall when we played there, which is like a new one, and it's very, yeah. like, very Paul Simon. Oh, let's hear it. I'm not, I'm not going to play it in full now. It's a new tune. So <laughs> okay. It's probably yeah. already on fucking YouTube. Yeah. I don't know where it goes. Yeah. But... Um, but um, that's kind of a bit of a default for me and I, I I've always like found the way that my dad always plays guitar played guitar when I was growing up like mm. I guess still plays guitar now yeah uh, just very comforting and that's that yeah that sort of Paul Simon-esque because you have to go thing. to the stress of finding a pick 
And like I would lose about ten picks a week. Yeah. And so I just end up playing with my with my hands just because I'm disorganized. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but also, you know, you you don't get the same uh, direct connection with the guitars you do just using your hands. Like yeah. a lot of the time when I'm in the studio or at home and I'm recording an idea, like I'm not using a pick. I use a pick a lot live because it feels a bit more sustainable. Yeah. And like, but um you can just do weirder shit you know when you've got mm. all your fingers to play with rather yeah. than just one piece of plastic like it's a different interaction with the actual strings itself and gives a different feel so anyway yeah Paul Simon's really good with just knowing knowing how to get the feel right with his voice with his lyrics with his guitar yeah. and um yeah, I, I glad. Yeah, glad you thought that was quite Paul Simon esque. Yeah, because I, I really, I always re- sometimes appreciate good lyrics. Like so, mm. I really, I, it stood out to me. Yeah, yeah. I think just songs like that sometimes you're like, oh, is it too wordy? No, like, no. but I think pe- people are always into that, especially because a lot of the songs are a little bit simpler lyrically. So yeah, it's good to have moments like that. Yeah, yeah. Of- yeah, well, it doesn't se- it doesn't seem too wordy at all. Mm. I think it fits perfectly, you know. Um, but yeah, man, thanks so much for coming in. Really appreciate it, uh, and it's Thank it's you. great to have you here. I know this is the best podcast you've ever done. It so. is, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's definitely up there. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna finish it with um, just a, a meditation. Is that okay? <laughs> Let's go. Okay. I feel like we need one. I feel like we've had a really cathartic, uh, <laughs> yeah. cathartic blabbering conversation. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for joining me today and welcome to my illicit seminar on mindfulness. First, I'd like you to sit back and relax. Sink into the quicksand that stretches around you. Picture yourself in a room full of your idiot mates who think that communism is a type of weed. Now look at your best friend. Witness his gaping open gob full of stale Doritos. You focus on the Dorito-free black spots of his mouth to stop you from getting sick. His mouth opens even wider. You can almost see the whole universe inside it. Experience what you feel now. A sudden cosmic hatred for all things living and all things that deserve to die in a hole. Bring your awareness back to the room now. Your mates never realised you left. Quick, while you can. It's time to run. It's time to run! Run! Sorry, I was trying something new there. And... I'd invite you to do a body scan now. Scan your physical being from head to toe. Let's check for the tumours. And whenever you're finished, I'd ask you to open your eyes and come back into the room. I'm Meditations for the Anxious Mind. Thank you for joining me on this frequency. Namaste.